it, somebody. Hallelujah. I said, we'll take it. Amen. Hallelujah. But yeah, turn to your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Praise God. It's been a rough week and a half. I mean, when this thing first hit me, demonic dreams. I mean, it was just so bizarre. I said, I know who this is. It has the enemy's fingerprints all over this thing. Oh, he's not stopping anything. Amen? We're moving forward with the glory. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 2. Let's start with verse 9 through 12 here. And it says this, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. Oh, the Holy Ghost is so important. Amen? For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For uh, uh, Okay, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except for the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, amen, but the spirit who is from God, the Holy Ghost, that we might know the things that we have been freely given to us by God. Now, here we go. Today, I want to talk about the blueprint of faith. Yeah, but it's Palm Sunday. I'm being led by the Holy Ghost today. Someone needs to hear this. Amen. You got to learn this about me. There's there's times where where I might go along with whatever, you know, uh, celebration it is or whatever. But there's times I'm not going to. This is one of those times. Amen. I want to talk about the steps that it takes uh, to take that takes place from the time the Lord plants a vision or a dream in your heart until the fulfillment of that thing. Someone needs to hear this today. All right. The Lord told me that he is about to birth some visions and dreams in the heart of his people. And he wants us to be prepared for the process from when he first gives it to the fulfillment of it. All right. But before I go on, uh, the Holy Spirit put a check and said, make sure you tell the people this. Make sure you caution the whole body. And, and I've noticed this in a lot of the Pentecostal charismatic circles, especially in Word of Faith, that we get so focused on the future, we ignore the here and now. Are you following me? We neglect the here and now, the present. Uh, we're always looking to the future, and we never stop to enjoy with what's going on right now. You know, a lot of people stop spending quality time with loved ones and all that because they're so focused on that future thing. But we need to slow down. James 4.14 says that our life is but a vapor. It appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. So in the light of eternity, our life on this earth is a vapor. Say vapor. So we must make the most of every day, amen, on this earth to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and to take care of our relationships with others, amen? So when here we, here we go. When God plants a vision in our heart, we as Christians, like I said, we, we tend to focus on ourselves. You ever notice that? When, when there's a vision, it's all about me. It's all about my vision. It's all about that. But, and then we neglect the work of the kingdom. We get kind of focused on ourselves. So I'm kind of throwing out some warnings here. The Holy Ghost is getting ready to plant something, but we need some warnings with it. Amen? We need to understand that this vision that God gives us, it's always a blessing for someone else and not us. 
Oh, come on. So ministry is for other people. The ministry that God has given you is for other people and not yourself. Amen? In fact, you're just a steward of the gifts. You're a steward of the calling upon your life. And it's for you to minister out. If you're that, You'll see a lot of ministers who are miserable because they're not ministering out. You start ministering out, you get watered back. You get refreshed. Amen? So it's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's about Jesus. It's about glorifying him on this earth and advancing the kingdom of God. All right? Amen? So I want to I cover here some important points that will help us from, in our journey from the uh, receiving and the fulfillment of a vision in our heart. The Holy Spirit gave me four points to share with you today. Are you ready? Here we go. Number one is, first of all, we've got to receive the vision. You have to receive the vision. That's number one. Number two, there has to be submission to the vision. All right? Number three, provision for the vision. And then the fulfillment of the vision. Those are the four steps the Holy Spirit wants me to talk about today. Go to Habakkuk chapter 2. The first one we're talking about is receiving the vision. All right? And that's Habakkuk uh, 2, 1 through 4. Might be a little dust in your side of it. All right? Have to admit, there's a little probably on my side too. But that's why we do this, right? All right, here we go. It says, I will stand my watch and I will set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, and make it plain on tablets, all right, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries or waits, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. All right? So, like I said, the title of this message is The Blueprint of Faith. Now, blueprint is defined as this, a a uh, detailed outline or plan of action. A detailed outline or plan of action. See, faith is not just some, some you know, blindfold. Thing. No, no. It's, we know where we're going, right? We, we know something. So that's why I'm calling this the blueprint of faith because it has an action. Faith always has a purpose. If there's no purpose, there's no faith in it. Are you following me? So I am, I'm not talking about your worldly desires or dreams. I'm talking about this, God's will for your life, all right? I'm talking about a vision that was planted in your heart by the Holy Spirit, all right? An example of this, let me give you a very good example, is Oral Roberts. Anybody know who Oral Roberts was? All right? So the Holy Spirit gave him a desire and a vision to start a Christian university in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a long time ago. How many of you know your flesh don't want to do that? Who would want to do that, right? That was planted in him by the Holy Spirit. He said this. 
He said he would be walking. He bought some vacant property. And he would be walking around the property in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, and it was just all vacant. And he would walk around praying in English and praying in tongues. And he said as he did that, the Holy Spirit, get this, planted a vision of all the buildings that would be on that vacant property. In, no, in detail. The Holy Spirit, gave, if, have anybody ever been to ORU? You ever seen that? Those buildings are like very futuristic for when it was built. I mean, it was very kind of ahead of its time. And he said the Holy Spirit literally gave, gave him a vision on the inside of all, every building and what it would look like on that. And it came when he was praying in tongues. Now, if he wouldn't have prayed in tongues, he wouldn't have received that. Are you following me? Oh, it's getting a little quiet in here. Even down to the specific location of where each... uh, The Holy Spirit wants to get technical. When you pray in tongues, you know what you're doing? You're downloading a blueprint from heaven for your life. You're downloading a blueprint for your ministry. You're downloading a blueprint for your family. Amen? When God has placed a dream in your heart and has given you a vision... You need to write it down because when it's from the Holy Spirit, there will be details. The Word of God says, write it down and make it plain. Make it so clear that someone who doesn't know anything about it can read it and they can run with it. Are you following me? Now, why would the Word of God tell us to write it down and make it plain? The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. He said, so you can meditate on the vision. So you can meditate, meditate on the vision and focus on, because here's the deal. You ready for this? When Peter, when God gave Peter a vision on the roof, remember that? It said, as Peter was thinking on the vision, then the Holy Spirit spoke and gave him more information. We need to take time to meditate on things the Holy Spirit gives us and meditate on the word of God. Now, if there's ever been something the Holy Spirit has planted in your heart, a dream or a vision for something in your life and, you're holding, and, and you've let go of it, I want to encourage you, take it back and start meditating on that thing. Start thinking about that thing. I guarantee you, here it is, thank you, Holy Ghost, there will be a reactivation of that thing in your life. Are you following me? All right, say focus. Meditation on something, on on the Word of God and on a vision, it means you're putting your focus on it. Amen? All right. So when you receive a vision or a dream from God, there there will be detail. Uh, You will remember these details. All right? Say details. Oh, the Holy Spirit loves to give details. All right? The fulfillment of that vision, though, is for an appointed time. And the process toward that end has begun, into, it has started its motion the minute he revealed it to you, to you. The minute he revealed it to you, that thing is kicked into motion, okay? Are you following me? Now, here's, here's what, I, what I want to say. When I first got born again, and I had a, a powerful encounter with the Lord, I had a vision of something, something that's down the road, okay? And I still hold on to that vision. Something, something that was powerful, and I'm holding on to it. There are times, many times, the Holy Spirit will give you a glimpse of the finished product in a vision to, to give you motivation to start that journey. Are you following me? 
the word of God says that the word of God says that the Holy Spirit would show us things to come. I like that in the King James. Show, meaning he will give you visions. He will give you pictures of it on the inside. Amen? Maybe the vision that the Holy Spirit has given you for your ministry or life, maybe it's out of character for how you are right now, right? Maybe you're a very shy person, but you had a vision of preaching to thousands of people. The Holy Spirit loves to do that. Are you following me? All right. Now, Joseph had a dream. And when he had that dream, the journey to the fulfillment began. How many of you know it was not an easy journey for Joseph? He went through some stuff, didn't he? We're going to go through some stuff to get to the finished product. All right. But that's why we need to keep going. That's why I believe the Holy Spirit gives us that glimpse of a finished product because we're, we're, we're striving toward that mark that he shows up, showed us because there's going to be times the enemy's going to come against you and it's going to try to discourage you dropping out of that race. Are you following me? Get back in the race. Amen. Again, I got to tell you, the enemy is going to try everything he can do to stop. The enemy's not going to let anything from God go uncontested in your life. Yes, our move to Carol here, uh, things are going pretty smooth, right? This last couple weeks was pretty rough. I missed two, we missed two Wednesdays. You think a pastor likes to do that? My goodness, it's horrible. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Thank you guys for your prayers. We appreciate it. But, but there are going to be, um, as we advance the kingdom in this region, you think the enemy's just, just going to step back and say, yeah, go ahead, do what you want to do, living waters? No way. That's why it's a fight of faith. Amen? Habakkuk 2, 4 says, the just shall live by faith. It's your faith that's going to keep you on course when the enemy, when people come along with doubt, unbelief about the vision that the Lord has given you. All right. So in that verse, it's interesting that God compares a proud person with one who lives by faith. They're the opposite, right? True faith is always mixed with humility, which leads me into my next point. Ready? The next point on the journey to fulfilling that vision is this submission to the vision. This is a real interesting one. Are you ready for this? The prefix sub means this, to be lower than or to be under something. Submission to the Christian means that you're lowering your desires and lifting up the will of God above you. Are you following me? Submission. You're putting yourself under the mission of God. You're saying, God, I take up your mission. I take up your will. I take up your purpose. It means you're willingly placing yourself under God's divine authority for your life. That's submission. Amen? If you look up the, uh, the word blueprint in a thesaurus, you will find these words and phrases that can be used in its place. Ready? It means this. Agree to, harmonize, adjust, adapt, to determine, to establish, to get ready. I like this one. To iron out, <laughs> to line up, to shape up, and to work out. 
to work something out. So you can see submission then, you could say it this way. Submission to the vision is the, is the preparation stage or the testing stage. Are you following me? Go to Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Amos 3, 3. It, submission is the stage that determines if you will move forward with the glory or if you're gonna, just going to stay put as God moves forward. Amen? All right. Now, Amos 3.3 3 says this. This is a popular passage here, a verse. It says, Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Now, this does not just mean to, uh, this doesn't mean to just casually meet up and walk together. The root word in Hebrew for agreed means this. You ready? To fix upon. Say to fix upon. So the meaning is this. How can two walk in oneness or unity unless they have met and go in the same direction? Are you following me? To walk in agreement and oneness with God, there has to be an encounter, a meeting up with Him. All right? You must get to know Him. You must meet up with Him to first walk with Him. You cannot walk with Him if you first don't know Him. That's the importance of a prayer life. That's the importance of getting into the Word of God. Amen? Because that is the meeting up, and then you can walk together. If there's no meeting up, you can't walk together. Many times people make a God in their own mind that is conformed to their own image instead of conforming to Jesus. Amen? See, at judgment, the Bible says that Jesus will have to say to some people, I never knew you. Depart from me. You workers of iniquity. See, that's interesting because they're going to say, Lord, Lord. And, and I was talking to someone recently about this. What's interesting is this. Those people thought they were okay. Why? Because they called him Lord. Did they not? They called him Lord. Lord, they thought that they were okay. But then Jesus said, depart from me. I never knew you. And the key is this. You workers of iniquity. They worked sin. They had a lifestyle of sin. So now... If you're going to walk with God, walking with God is not just a mental thing. Walking with God is not just mentally agreeing with the Word. It's living the Word. That's walking with Him. Are you following me? That's walking with Him. So, all because those people created a God that suited them and padded their comfort zone instead of embracing the God of the Bible. And that is called the sin of idolatry. That seems to be coming up a lot in my messages for some reason. So let's get the idolatry out. Amen? Amen. The vision that you're holding on to apart from God must be let go. If you're holding a vision and God's holding a vision, you know what that's called? Division. Division. Die means more than one vision. That's where there's weakness. That, that God call, calls uni, uh, a blessing upon unity. Are you following me? Unity when there's one vision. Say one vision. one vision. Your vision must be aligned with the Word of God. 
See, if, if there's anything that's out of line with the word of God, then there's division. division. You have, there's a vision, here's God's vision. They need to be the same if there's going to be power. You cannot walk in agreement with God to fulfill the vision that he has given you unless there is a submission to the vision, putting yourself under his vision. And you will not do what it takes, uh, and you will do what it takes to walk by his side and to fulfill it in your life. Amen? The only way to walk side by side with your Heavenly Father is to live a holy life that is set apart for Him. To live a life of righteousness and obedience to Him. See, every instruction and leading from the Holy Spirit are aimed toward the uh, that end of fulfilling that vision and mission that He has for your life. You know that, right? Every instruction, every instruction the Holy Spirit will ever give us is aimed toward fulfilling the call that he has on your life. That's why uh, during communion, he put upon my heart to say, to tell everyone and myself that he set us free to serve him. Not to do our own thing. Amen. We need to serve him. Now go with me to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, uh, verse 105 here. I love this. Psalm 119, 105. And it says this, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. You see, walking in the light of God's word will keep you on the path to fulfill that vision or dream. Here's what I got, we got to know. Are you ready for this? Joseph stayed faithful to God. Did he not? Joseph stayed faithful to God and it paid off for him. Joseph was falsely accused. Remember Potiphar's wife? He was falsely accused and yet he stayed close to God. How many people would have said, God, what are you doing here? You gave me this dream and now I'm getting thrown in prison. He could have totally turned his heart against God and nothing would have ever come to pass that God showed him. None of the promises. But he stayed faithful to God. Amen? I need to say this. Just because you get a revelation from the Holy Spirit, just because you operate in the gifts of the Spirit, does not mean that that's God's stamp of approval on your life. Did you know that? That is not a stamp of approval at all. All right? The Corinthian church is a prime example. They flowed in the gifts, yet their personal lives were totally out of order. See, I could come out here and preach powerful messages every Sunday and light it up. And if I'm going out living like the devil, I might be the one that God says, depart from me. I never. But God, I preach powerful sermons every Sunday for you. Depart from me. I never knew you. Think about that. That scares hell right out of me. Are you following me? That's why, that's why the, the success of a ministry, of a church, of, that's why it all comes down to your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the reason, that's the one thing that God is really looking at. And guess what? I mean, out of that, that close walk in holiness with Him, your ministry is going to be more powerful anyways, Right? Your work for the Lord's going to be more powerful, but don't kid yourself. Listen, I, oh my goodness, 
I've known some ministers in the past. They've had their evangelists, traveling ministers, and they're on the road uh, preaching in conference rooms every weekend. Are you ready for this? They're having sex with women every night after the meeting in every city. In every city. This was someone who was on TBN, Daystar. I'm telling you right now, we got to tighten the belt, people. Oh, I'm telling you. Oh. Listen, I'm telling you, you, that's why you cannot make an idol out of ministers. Never make an idol out of a minister. There's, there's some, some ministers you probably like and watch on TV, and you don't know what their personal life is like. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting real today. This is where the rubber hits the road. Are you following me? My goodness. And, and nobody would ever know. I, I, I just so happened to get some backdoor information about that. Nobody else knew. And all these people were swooning over this minister. Oh, man of God, man of God. I'm thinking, really? But guess what? God took him out of ministry. Man, I'm telling you, there are some shysters who travel the world and call themselves evangelists. I'm, I'm now, not everyone. But I'm just telling you, you better be careful. You better not make an idol out of ministers. You keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. You following me? Look at this. So your word is a lamp to my feet, to my feet, and a light unto my path. The Holy Spirit illuminated this when I was uh, when I woke up in the middle of the night about a week ago. I had my phone. I, I couldn't sleep. Sore throat was horrible. And I was walking from our bedroom out to the living room, and it was pitch dark, dark out. And I had my phone, and I'm like, oh, man. Okay, so I turned just my light on, and I put it by my feet. And the Holy Spirit says, that's how I lead you, step by step. That you don't even, you don't know necessarily what's coming ahead, but, but I'm, I'm putting that lamp by your feet. And even it's going down the path. He says, I won't shine a whole bunch of light down the path. That's why it's called a walk of faith. Are you following me? Yes. The Holy Spirit can minister to you anytime through anything. Nature. You look at a tree. He, the Holy Spirit can just pull out a spiritual lesson for you. He's the best Sunday school teacher ever. Amen? But we, we got to really be careful about that. In fact, 1 Corinthians 13.2 says that you can have the gift of prophecy, and if you don't have love, you have nothing. You void it out. So, I mean, you can be the, man, you could be so in tune with the Holy Ghost and, and, and all these words of knowledge. You can tell someone their phone number, their address, and all this thing. But if there's no love attached to it, the Holy Ghost says, it's worthless. But guess what? It tickles the flesh, doesn't it? Think about that. My goodness. See, see, most people, like when a word of knowledge comes forth, they're like, wow, well, wow, well, you know, it tickles the flesh and all that. But how's the love walk? Hmm? Think about it. So we need to open the door of our heart to the Holy Spirit so he can put his finger on those things that we fall short in. Let him deal with it now, not on judgment day. Are you following me? So God is more concerned about our character than our spiritual gifts. 
Are you following me? It, it all comes down to our character. So this is also the importance of getting planted in a local church uh, that God has called you to. Because God, God, you know, he just knows. He knows what you have need of. And he knows the environment that you're going to grow spiritually in. Are you following me? That's the importance of asking the Lord, Lord, where, what church do you want me to be planted in? You know my giftings, Lord. You know what my calling is. You know my purpose. Where do you want me to be planted? Because I'll tell you right now, if you're in the wrong one, you're going to be wilting like a flower. Anybody ever had that before? I've been in some where it was just totally opposite of what my calling was. It just wasn't doing anything. And I was feeling like, man, this, there's got to be more than this, right? You've got to know where God has called you. And that's going to benefit you, right? That's going to make your calling shoot right up and be used and grow. Amen? I mean, have you ever noticed the frustration and emptiness of those Christians who refuse to get planted and sit under leadership? They refuse to be accountable to anybody, right? But here's what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, accountability is a safety net. He said, oh, he's, thank you, Holy Ghost. He said this. He goes, those who have willingly placed themselves, themselves to be accountable to the body, to leadership. He said this. I heard this as clear as a bell. He said, some have avoided hell because they chose to be accountable. Because they were open to someone saying, this ain't right in your life. You need to change this. Are you following me? But who wants to hear that in the flesh? Nobody wants to hear that, right? I mean, come on, you try correcting someone today and they're going to be like, get away from me. What do you think you are? You don't know. You're right. But God kind of likes the accountability thing. God kind of likes it. And it is a safety net. Say safety net. Go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. See, that's also the importance of, you know, why you should be in the right church that God wants you to be. Because you need to find uh, leaders that you can trust. If you don't trust your leaders, you're not going to be accountable to them. Now, if you trust someone, you can say, wow, I feel like they have the best interest in store for my life. They're, they're not going to try to run me off the road. Because I've been in churches before where, uh, frankly... I felt like we were being used. I felt like we were just kind of being uh, just a number. You know what I'm saying? And just like they wouldn't get the leadership wouldn't give you the time of day, you know, that kind of a thing. And so I, you, you just really, if you don't trust those watching online, if you don't trust your leader where you're attending church, get out of there because you're not supposed either. You're not supposed to be there or you're just rebellious. It's one or the other, right? Now, Matthew 10, 38 through 39. Look at this. It's one of two things. You're either rebellious, you don't want accountability, or you don't trust the leader. So get out of there and find out what you're, where you're supposed to be. Amen? Here we go. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. So what you need to realize is this, is that taking up your cross as a Christian, it's not an option. It's a requirement. This is Jesus himself talking. This is, this is Christianity 101. 
Are you following me? The, listen to this. The cross, as we go into Holy Week here, right? Amen. Death symbol, or cross, the cross symbolizes death. Death to yourself. Death to the things in your life that would hinder your relationship to God. Denial of self that would hinder God's plan for your life. Many want a crossless Christianity. Many want a bloodless Christianity. All right? So taking up your cross to follow Jesus, let me just tell you this right now. It's not a joyful experience. One minister said it this way. When you get close to the cross, you're going to get splinters. Your flesh is going to get splinters. Think about that. So, you know, yes, there's, there's peace and joy in the Christian life. There is. But, man, someone's got to come along and tell you there's going to be times. There's going to be times where you're going to have to make some very hard decisions that are not going to be fun. They're not going to be joyful. You're going to be persecuted. You're go- are you following me? Okay, so next time that happens, this is what I want you to say to yourself. Pastor James told me there'd be days like these. Come on. <laughs> right? Like that line, Mama told me there'd be days like these. No, Pastor James just told you. Man, if you're having a rough day, man, Pastor did warn me there's going to be days like these. Amen? So in other words, the cross will not tickle your flesh. It will go, in fact, against every part of your flesh. All right? So we need to stay in the presence of God by, me, by maintaining an attitude of praise and worship to God. Maintaining our prayer life. Maintaining uh, our, our time in the Word. Okay? The presence of God has a way of melting away those things that are hindering us. Do you notice that? There's just something about the presence of God. It will help you when you're in the presence of God. Praise and worship. I noticed toward the end people started coming up, right? People were really starting to feel a move of of the Holy Spirit. That How many of you know when you were down here at the altar, you felt like there was a refocusing going on? That whatever was troubling you during the week, whatever was coming against you, man, it just seemed so, ah, so small. Now I'm in the presence of God. So the key is to stay in the presence of God. Amen. Now, I know I read this uh, probably a couple of weeks ago, but I want to do it again and give you a different point. Go to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. I want to give you, just pull out something else from this. Isaiah 6, 1 through 5, I want to take a look at. I just, I love this passage about the presence of God. And it says this, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. It stood above, and above it stood seraphims. Each one had six wings. With two uh, he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. And with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I will dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. 
Now, all here, what we, I want to pull out of this account here is that all of Isaiah's hopes of God's will being fulfilled were wrapped up in King Uzziah. Are you following me? Listen to me now. All of Isaiah's hopes of God's will being fulfilled in that country were wrapped up in King Uzziah. He was the only king during Isaiah's ministry that was promoting the things of God. Are you following me? So that thing that Isaiah was holding on to was gone. And that is when a divine encounter with the glory of God happened. Many times in the darkest hour of your life is when the Lord is able to get our attention and manifest himself to us. It is all about getting our attention. Say, God wants my attention. When the presence of God is manifested, it will shine a light on the dark places in our heart and on the dark places of our life. That's when we get into praise and worship, into the presence of God. It becomes stronger and stronger. And some people, there's some people, when the presence of God gets stronger, are you ready for this? Some people get very uncomfortable. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is touching areas of their life, touching areas of their heart, of their emotions that are painful, areas of their life that are sinful. That's why Isaiah said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. I mean, we're talking about the prophet Isaiah here. Are you following me? So when the presence of God comes, you got two kinds of people. You got, you got, you know, the one kind that comes under the spout where the glory's coming out and they're just enjoying it like a kid in a water park. But then you got some others that are like, I'm a man of unclean lips. You following me? Oh, whoa, I am undone. The point is we need to let the Lord have his way. And here you, here's what you need to do. You need to get under that spout where the glory's coming out and let him change you. Don't run from him. Run to him. Amen? It is the place where you let your worldly desires fade away. And that's where you start to say, I must decrease, but Christ must increase in my life. Amen? The submission stage is where the Holy Spirit puts his finger on those areas that need to be adjusted, that need to be, as we found out, ironed out. You know, something can only be ironed out with what? Heat. Sometimes things got to get a little hot in your life before he can start to iron things out. I know you don't, I know that's not shouting material. But it's true, isn't it? My goodness, I get it. I know. The submission stage is where the Holy Spirit wants to change us. He wants to change us. All right. So the journey from receiving the vision to the fulfillment of the vision is not an easy road, but it's the best road. What's the alternative? The only alternative is this. Ready? Falling away from Christ. And I don't recommend that. Go to Luke chapter 9. Look at Luke chapter 9. This is my last scripture. Luke chapter 9. Let the Holy Spirit work on you. Be vulnerable. I tell people, be vulnerable. Be vulnerable to the Holy Spirit. You know what vulnerable means? It means you're letting your guard down. You know, like like what it means to be vulnerable to your spouse, right? Like if your spouse tries to correct you or something, you know, you're like, no, I don't want to hear that. 
That's not being vulnerable. That's like, okay, honey, tell me, what can I change? What, I want to hear, what, what am I doing wrong that I can change? That's being vulnerable. That's being open. I'm seeing all the husbands and wives laughing around here. Oh, it's going to be a good Sunday, isn't it? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 9, verses 57, 57 through 62. I mean, we definitely need to be vulnerable to our spouses because, I mean, if we're not, what's the point? What's Really? Our spouse really should be our best friend. I know Marianne's my best friend, you know. I mean, you should be able to trust your spouse. If you're not, you all need to have a good conversation this afternoon. Are you hearing me, somebody? And then some good loving later. Okay, that's right. No. Did I just say that? Yeah, I did say that. Hey! Right? What's wrong with saying some good loving? That should be included in the marriage, right? Come on. The marriage bed is undefiled. Amen? Here we go. Luke 9, 57. Listen to this. <sighs> yeah, you got a cool pastor here. You do, okay? Here we go. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Have you ever heard someone say that? Oh, I'm going to, they're all excited. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead go bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one, get this now, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Do we even realize the level of commitment that Jesus is expecting out of us as his people? I don't think we've even, we, we haven't even comprehended the level of commitment that, that, that he's looking for. We want to work him around our schedule when, in fact, we are to work around his schedule. He's first. I guarantee you, listen, if you put him first, I guarantee you everything is going to fall into line in your life. The problem is we, take, we try to take control and we try to take charge, right? So we need to get rid of the excuses and follow Jesus by taking up our cross. The, the, the next um, point here is provision for the vision. Provision is still the equipping stage. That's when the anointing will come upon you to carry out that vision. That's when God will send provision for it. You ready for this? The provision for the vision. Get this right here. Some people are wondering, why is nothing happening? Why is the provision not coming in? And the Holy Spirit said, this is the main reason right here. The provision for the vision will not come until God knows that you are 100, 100% sold out to the vision that he's placed within you. <clears throat> he is not going to give you hundreds of thousands of dollars. He's not going to give you the provision until he knows that you're going to use it for his kingdom and not your own. Oh, my See, Oral Roberts was tried and tested, but his faith grew stronger 
and stronger for the vision that the Lord gave him. That's how you know it's from the Lord. When opposition comes, when, when everything tries to come against you, that that desire doesn't weaken, but it gets stronger on the inside. Are you following me? It got stronger for Oral Roberts to build that. That was from the Holy Ghost. And then when he stayed strong during those trials, the doors began to swing wide open for that university. He was what Isaiah 119, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, he was willing and obedient. And God knew he could trust him. In Isaiah 17, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, Elijah's provision did not come until he went to that very spot where God instructed him to go. He had to be willing and obedient. The last point, here it is, and I wrap it up with a nice bow like this. The last one is the fulfillment of the vision. I love it. The Bible says this. Are you ready? The end of a thing is better than the beginning of a thing. We need, to cl- we need clear vision to see the finish line. You need to keep your eyes on the prize. Amen? Yes, there is a price to pay to follow the will of God, but the reward is worth it. Amen? Are you willing to take up your cross today and follow Jesus? Are you ready to receive the vision? Are you ready to submit to the vision? Are you ready to, as you do that, to submit? Are you ready for that provision to come in? Are you 100% sold out? And you will, I promise, you will see the fulfillment of it. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. The blueprint of faith. The Holy Spirit is preparing us for something powerful. Amen? Now, maybe there's someone in here, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. You're on the outside, you're looking in. Do not leave this place without making Him Lord of your life. Amen? And I'm going to combine it with, if you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, maybe you're one where the Holy Spirit's been trying to put His finger on an area of your life, but you've, you, you haven't been vulnerable. But today you said, wow, this message really hit me. It smacked me in the face today, and I'm ready to be vulnerable to Him. If you want to rededicate your life, I want you to come to this altar. Now, maybe you need uh, the Holy Spirit baptism. I guarantee you, if you're going to fulfill the vision that God has given you, you need the Holy Ghost baptism. Amen? With speaking in other tongues, praying in tongues. Now, maybe you need a physical healing. You need prayer for anything else. If I could have the prayer team come up, just line up at this altar again here. Come on up, prayer team. So I'm going to have them come up here. If you need prayer for anything, I want you to see one of these prayer warriors. Amen? God is getting ready to do some great and mighty things. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, remember, um, so we have the prayer call on Tuesday, prayer here on Wednesday night. Uh, Then we have Good Friday service at 7, and then Resurrection Sunday on Sunday. So, all right, if you guys need anything, you know where to contact me. Visitors, thank you so much. If you're a first-time visitor, there's a card right in front of you. Fill it out and put it in the box in the back. The suggestion box. By the way, we do take suggestions, right? So if you want to put a suggestion in there, throw it in. Amen? Put your name on it or not, whatever you want to do. But God bless you all. Have a great week. Amen? We love you all.